the shiny new pass catching back in the AFC West. What rookie receiver is fading fast in the Football Guys Players Championship? And what kind of return can we expect from one polarizing wideout in the NFC West? Plus, five-time FFPC Main Event League champion and founder of FFMastermind.com, Michael Nazarek drops by to break down his pros versus Joe's draft, his strategy for winning a million bucks in the FFPC Main Event this year, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Damn the pressure. I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Award presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host, is indeed the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to help you figure out that Bills running back that you need to be targeting this year in your football guys, FFPC, and KFFSC drafts. What sleeper in the NFC East should be a must for you in the mid to later rounds? And Michael Nazarick, the five-time FFPC main event league winner and founder of FFMastermind.com will join us to chop it up about Ezekiel Elliott, Robert Woods, his pros versus Joe's draft this past week, and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so. The show is at HSS Power. I am at Eric Balkman. Um, you can always learn more about Farrell Elliott's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. And, of course, Michael Nazarick is on Twitter at FF Mastermind. You can post on our Facebook page at uh, Facebook.com slash Power and email us highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, send them in now. We'll do our best to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Thanks to our uh, audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce, and of course, our producer and mutual friend, Rob. Ladies and gentlemen, the FFPC has a big announcement today. The live events for the main event, not the live events, but the live drafts have been launched today. So if you don't want to draft in the two-hour slow drafts, don't want to draft in the six-hour slow drafts. You can draft with the 60-second clocks in the FFPC uh, live main events. Uh, we had drafts going off starting at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern today. Those will be going off every single day until the start of the NFL season. So we have like well over a month here. Um, or not well over a month, but pretty close to a month of nonstop FFPC live main events. We'll still have the slow drafts going as well. Uh, multiple football guys drafts filling up each and every day at myffpc.com. 350 bucks can get you a shot at a $500,000 grand prize. The FFPC best ball tournament and the FFPC super flex best ball tournament going off as well. Um, 125 bucks can win you 200 grand in the best ball. $35 can win you a, a 10 grand in the uh, super flex best ball tournament too. Dynasty startups available for the next couple of weeks as well. So if you want a year-round fantasy football challenge, that is available to you. And plenty of slow, live, and sit-and-go best ball options with the varsity format, the Terminator format, whatever you want for as little as $5 going off at myffpc.com. want to remind you to check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at kffsc.com. Main event slows and lives going off there. And, of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, we want to remind you to do four things. Like the video subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share the video, and then click that notification bell to get notified. Yes, I realize it's a little desperate, but what the heck? It takes two seconds. You might as well do it, right? I want to bring in, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my co-host right now. He is uh, the boss over at the KFFSC, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. He is Farrell Elliott. Farrell, welcome into the broadcast tonight. So good to have you. And we are, what, eight days away from live main events in Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, and I am still paying the cost to be the boss, Balky. It, uh, but yeah, we got to, we're sold out in Cincinnati, which is a really good thing. It's not that, 
it, it's big in numbers, but it is big in spirit. It helps kick us off for our live season. We couldn't be happier than to be returning to the Hard Rock uh, in Cincinnati. Someday, Balky, you will join us there. I will. It will be a wonderful experience. And then you can ju we'll just keep you down here all week because uh, Louisville is the following weekend, uh, 26th, 27th, and 28th. I'm gonna go to um, I'm gonna hang out in Cincinnati. I'm gonna have Skyline yeah, Chili. Never had it before. Very excited. Um, and then I will just hang out and, and do the Bourbon Trail maybe uh, mm -hmm. on the way up to uh, Louisville. So You've been trailing that Bourbon here. Trail for years, my friend. <laughs> um, we're gonna do something a little bit different tonight. We're gonna welcome in our guest right now, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm gonna give you the the intro on him because it's a long and flowery one, and deservedly so. He has. 30-plus years of fantasy football experience. He operates one of the longest-running fantasy football information websites since 1996. His primary claim to fame is the fact that he is the champion of the Sports Illustrated Experts League title. Four consecutive years he won it, yeah. 2004 through two, 2007. He was the only winner of that league in its four years of existence. He is the CEO, the founder, and the president of Fantasy Football Mastermind, Inc., ffmastermind.com and you follow him on twitter at ffmastermind you watched him in the pros versus joe's list past week you've seen him win five ffpc main event league titles over the course of the last half decade please welcome into the program mr michael nazarek mike welcome into the show man how are you i'm doing great i what an introduction <laughs> i couldn't even even ask yeah. for anything um, you heard that's it, ridiculous <laughs> well, and it's all true. I'm not making any of this up. It's all true. Um, before we get into, I want to talk about your pros versus Joe's draft. I want to talk a little bit about some of the players um, that fantasy owners in the FFPC are, are sort of um, trying to suss out and figure if they should be targets or fades. We'll get into that all in good time. For anybody who's not familiar with FFMastermind.com and you, the fantasy football mastermind, can you give the listeners just a little bit of background on how this website got started so long ago before many of the websites out there had even started and sort of how it's evolved over the years as well. Well, I think it was a lot of this was a timing issue. I, I got involved in fantasy football. Uh, a, a coworker of mine way back in 1988 mentioned uh, playing this game called fantasy football. And I said, what do you mean? I'm, I'm a big, a big fan of NFL, especially my giants. And he said, no, no, this is a game where we draft players and then we start them. And, and I'm like, OK, let's go. And <laughs> it was only a four man league because it was a small company. <laughs> and it was very, very fortunate. I got hooked immediately. I was fortunate to win the league. And, you know, it, it was it, from that point on, I was, I was hooked. And then and then, of course, the Internet came around in 1980, in 1994, 1995. I got on got involved in that. And. And I actually uh, bought a long-running competitor of mine. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but I bought their product in 95. And I said, this is pretty good, but I think maybe I've got some strategies that I can do that might help a little bit more. And we started the website in 96. Um, we went pay because my wife said, you got to try and make some money if you're going to spend all this time in 97. And I'm quitting my day job as a computer analyst in 99. And here we are in 2022. And I'm still doing it. I'm very fortunate. we got a good staff on hand. I had about the same six or seven guys helping me do this. Uh, you know, especially I got a dynasty guy, I got a rookie guy, I got an IDP guy. Uh, very fortunate we've been doing this for, you know, 27 years. It's crazy. And I just really like to help people win fan playing fantasy football. I, you know, uh, they just give me the thank you. And, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with that. Congratulations, man. That, it, it, let me ask you this. Who, who can claim responsibility for the name? Because I think it's a wonderful name. Wonderful branding mastermind.com oh boy <laughs> um i think it was really a conglomeration of my partner at the time uh and uh my, and myself and really of course we knew that john hansen at the time was still over at espn he was the fantasy guru and there was the fantasy insider the guru and we just yeah, kind of came up with and said Matt, there was a game now called mastermind yeah mastermind. And, and i said mass fantasy football mastermind and and my partner at the time said well i'm not gonna be the mastermind you be the mastermind and i said okay and here we are <laughs> well good you know we pros versus shows and take this if for whatever uh take this for whatever caveat it would give to you but your team kind of looks like a lot of mine 
that I've been drafting early. And one of the things that reminded me about what I'm doing is Javante uh, Williams. This is a guy that that I targeted, and I think he's a great value, or especially where you got him in the middle of the second round. Later on, uh, you added Melvin Gordon. I remember when we started drafting early before Melvin uh, was particularly sure that, that he, uh, he would be coming back to, to Denver, uh, was even later in the double digits. You got him in the 10th round. Is is Talk to us about that strategy and, and what, you know, our, our beloved Dave Turp, I accused him of not knowing the difference between a uh, committee and a handcuff. I said, Turp, this is a, a committee. And he's going to stay upset with me for the rest of our natural lives. <laughs> but let me ask you, uh, how do you see it breaking down? <clears throat> Williams versus Gordon. Uh, percentage of carries and how they will meld and mold into a Broncos championship backfield. Do you think we lost him, Balky? Uh, we may have. Mike, are you there? Both the uh, the Denver. Uh, oh my gosh! Game. Looked like Javante was going to get. One. Oh no! We cannot hear the mastermind, Balky. He's coming in. He's coming in. Hold on. We must hear the mastermind. Yeah, we must hear the mastermind. Hold on. Let's see if I can get him back here. Just, just, just throw some wizard dust at him. Bro. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm I'm getting Let's my wizard me. dust. I'm getting my wizard dust warmed up here. You know, in the backfield at Denver, bro, I said, they could use a little wizard dust in the backfield at Denver because there, there's a lot of injuries going on there. One near and dear to my heart, and that's why I'm here tonight. But nevertheless. Yeah, Mike, back. Mike, go ahead and talk about the Denver backfield, okay. man. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear? You can hear me? Okay, we okay. <laughs> we can hear you. So let her rip. What I was trying, what I was trying to say was that uh, before they re-signed Melvin Gordon, it looked like Javante Williams is going to be, you know, a, 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 a ball hog in that backfield. They re-signed him, of course. I think it was smart on the team's uh, uh, part because they obviously had a budget that they weren't going to overspend to keep him, and, and Melvin at his age couldn't get a better deal elsewhere. Uh, bring him on in, of course. You're talking about new coaching staff. They got Russell Wilson there. The offensive line is still. And I think that I'm fading in and out, aren't I? Keep going <laughs> a little bit. Uh, a little I think bit. that uh, it's probably going to break down around 70s, 30s, maybe 75, 25, something like that. But I, it was just a bonus for me, especially in the pros versus Joes, where you're talking best ball uh, to pair Gordon with Javonta Williams. The dream combination is no matter who scores, I get the points. Good job. I agree. Um, and, and I'm totally down with that. I've done it in a couple of my best balls as well. Um, Mike, we I, and we may have even talked about this last year. I can't remember. But a lot of owners uh, in the FFPC have sort of given up on Ezekiel Elliott, not just in 2022, 2021, and even 2020. Why were you willing to make him your pick at 406 in the pros versus Joes? Well, I don't think uh, Zeke's done. Um, if you did it really hard, really well, making long runs and such. And of course he injured his knee and give him credit for playing through the injury. Maybe he shouldn't have, but he was well enough to play and produce maybe 60, 70% of what he maybe should have been able to do if he was fully healthy. And, of course, you got Tony, Tony Pollard in there giving more of a rest and all. But, uh, but this year, I think, uh, you know, when, when Jerry Jones said that the focus has to be on Zeke and the running game this, this year, that's basically telling everybody that they're still going to rely on Zeke. Now, that doesn't mean Pollard's not going to play. Hmm. In fact, they've been play playing him in – they've been uh, teaching him the slot position in wide receiver room. So I think you're going to see a lot of Pollard and Zeke in the, in the on the field at the same time, maybe not necessarily in the backfield. But I think, uh, you know, they're going to be lining out uh, Pollard in the, in the slot, and you're going to see some opportunities for pass catching from Pollard. But I think the, the primary of the focus of the running game is going to go through Zeke. And, of course, their offensive line, as long as they stay healthy, is one of the better ones. And so I don't have a problem taking them there. I think it was a value pick in the fourth round. Mastermind, if there was ever a question that I needed you to really freeze up on, that would be it. Because I've been banging the drum for Zeke all year. 
and uh, to to much complaint from everyone. And now nobody paid any attention to me. They will pay attention to the mastermind, and I will no longer be able to get him in the middle of the fourth round. Uh, in Seattle, there's a guy that the offense has to run through to as uh, DK Metcalf. He's got to be the passing attack, and I uh, he is the one player at Seattle that I look at and I say, I really don't particularly care who quarterback is. Metcalf will still get the ball. Now he's in uh, FFPC, according to the Mojo and Darren Armani. We're looking at him in the middle of the fifth round. How fortunate are you if you line up with Metcalf in the fifth round? And are you as high on him as I am? I'm not sure if I'd say I'm as high as you are, but it was basically, in my opinion, a value pick right there in the draft. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris Godwin went right after I took uh, DK Metcalf, but the problem, the bottom line is that we don't know when Godwin's going to play, when his health is going to enable him to play what he can and to show what he can do and produce what he's capable of doing. But uh, DK is healthy. And I know that, that the quarterback situation leaves much to be desired cattle, but somebody He's got to get the ball to DK and, you know, they're maybe going to run some short slants under there, do anything they can to get in the ball. But I think uh, when Russell was already out for one of the first plays of the game was a deep ball. Metcalf, he got the long score and he didn't do much the rest of the game, but, you know, in, in, in the whole scheme of things, that was a pretty good game just yeah. for him. For that, for what that one play, so there's going to be some explosive plays fifth round. Um, Mike uh, Zach Ertz, I know, um, I think it was a calf or some sort of leg injury. He left practice today, but you waited until the eighth round, obviously way before this injury was announced. You waited until the eighth round, or I beg your pardon, to the sixth round to get the eighth tight end off the board in Zach Ertz. What can you tell us, not necessarily about the Zach Ertz pick, but sort of your approach? to not only tight end in the processes Joe's draft, but in the FFPC main event where you've had a lot of success over the last decade? Well, normally in the past, I'm uh, a guy that likes to have a premium tight end on my team. But this year was a little bit differently. There's a lot of explosive players that are not tight ends. Uh, Kelsey is not the clear number one in my eyes. He's right up there with Andrews. Uh, those guys are going, you know, first round. Kelsey went before my pick, even in this draft, uh, you know, and, and Adam and Andrews went in the second round. Uh, I just look at it and I'm like, well, uh, there's the value there. Uh, you got Darren Waller is not a lock for a top three or four uh, tight end because you got Devonte Adams now in, in, in Las Vegas, right down the road here. I, I still think he's going to be productive. Most of the targets, I think, on the team last year after Hopkins went down. And guess what? Hopkins not playing for the first six weeks again this year. Uh, you know, they, they, they don't have Christian Kirk there anymore. I think uh, Colin Murray's going to use Zach Ertz as a safety blanket. He's going to he's going to just sop up this, the targets, and he's going to make plays and score touchdowns. And, and to get him where I did, uh, I think it's pretty good value. And, Mike, right now, because of the injury, you probably view him as even a more of a value, right, to – Buy the dip on him right now. Yeah, I I I know that the injury was reported to actually uh, happened back on August fourth, and he's kind of been in and out of things since that point. They're being very cautious with him. Uh, there's no indication he's going to miss any kind of game time. They need him to be healthy. So what do you do? You sit him. We're talking almost a month before the season begins. There's no reason to 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 get him on the practice field. He's a veteran. He knows the place. He's been in that offense now. Uh, you know, since the middle of last year, I think it's he's good to go. It, it, in fact, don't play him. I don't want to get any hurt during the season, during the preseason. That's right. You and me both, man. Bubble wrap these guys. Zach Ertz <laughs> knows the rigors of an NFL season. He doesn't need to be out there in the preseason to get it. Uh, no question uh, at all. Now, I would say when we talk about younger players like rookies, like maybe what rookie running back in Buffalo, Farrell, they probably need to be out on the field a little bit more in the preseason. but. The, the Buffalo running back situation is a whole other subject here. That's what gets everyone excited when they see the rookies playing. And even some of the veterans that get to play, that they, they start assigning them roles that they perhaps don't deserve. In the case of Buffalo's situation, we've seen that James Cook and Devin Singletary, their draft 
uh, positions, their ADP might it gets closer and closer all the time. And uh, I'm a I'm a believer in Singletary. He was your pros versus Joe's pick. I really loved what the player did at the end of the season, hammering out a position for himself and essentially taking that job over. Do you see that to be forthcoming for Singletary in the 2022 year? Yeah, I, the coaches just absolutely love what he did last year. I know they uh, took James Cook. Uh, they have him more as the pass-catching guy. Now he can, of course, get carries and be productive on early downs and all, but they, they want to pair somebody with Singletary. And Zach Moss, uh, going into training camp, didn't look like he might stick. Now he's actually been producing pretty well in camp, impressing mm-hmm. the coaches, saying, hey, I, I want to be here. So you might end up seeing a little bit more of Moss there than you think, but I'm not sure if that's going to hurt Singletary. That might actually hurt James Cook a little bit there. But the bottom line is that I think Cook is going to be catching a lot of the passes there. Singletary is probably going to still be the lead back. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I guess this is really not a running team. They just pass a lot. Josh Allen's still going to run at the goal. You know, he's going to throw to, to Knox and other wide receivers and all. It's going to be a productive uh, team. Uh Singletary can be productive, but, you know, that's why I drafted him as a three, uh, you know, because he's, he's, he's not going to be carrying the, go- the goal and carrying the rock all over the field. Um, we're talking with uh, Mike Nazarick, a five-time FFPC main event league champ and, of course, a pros versus Joe's drafter, guy who's been very successful in the FFPC format and the founder of FFMastermind.com. Follow him on Twitter at FFMastermind. Some news out of uh, Tennessee with uh, Traylon Burks that Farrell and I will get into a little bit deeper on uh, in the show. But specifically, Mike, I want to ask you here, he went a little more than two rounds before you drafted Robert Woods at the 907. Now, with their ADPs kind of getting closer to each other over the last week or so, tightening up since you had your pros versus Joe's draft, if you had the opportunity, both Burks and Woods are out there at the same time, would you have still taken Woods? Or would Burks have been the pick if their draft capital was the same? No, I, I would still go with Woods. I always usually go with the veteran player here. I know he's coming off an ACL injury, but, uh, you know, he's been practicing without the brace. He didn't start the, the camp on the pup list. Uh, everything is uh, looking good. He's impressed the coaches. He's learned the system there. You know, this is the veteran player. Uh, this is somebody that, you know, started in Buffalo and then went on over to the Rams and became one of the most successful receivers they had. He outproduced Cooper Cup two or three years ago. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my pick. And I think what it is is that the, the ACL injury is scaring a lot of people away from him, and so he's falling in drafts. And it's almost like I, you, don't have to, you don't have to target him. You just wait an extra couple of picks like I did. I grabbed Tom Brady, my quarterback, in round eight, and Woods was there in round nine. And I said, no, no problem. I'll, I'll take him there. I like that too. Uh, And and I am currently in a, um, I'm currently in a main event FFPC slow draft, six hour clock with my, my good friend and one of our great players in the KFFFC, uh, Trevor Holt. And uh, in that league, we were very, very close to pulling the trigger on Antonio Gibson. He continued to fall and fall and fall. And we went a different direction because the player we liked a little better was right there next to him. Uh, how far is, far is uh, Antonio Gibson going to fall by the time all this is over? And is does that mean that your Brian Robinson pick in the 13th round, did it have meaning in relation to what you think Robinson will do? Or is it more of just a, a dart throw in that situation? Oh, that's certainly not a dart throw. No, I'm 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 originally well, I'm not originally from uh, Alabama, but I lived there for 30 plus years. The Crimson Tide's my team. I watched them specifically every college season, every game, and he impressed me last year uh, coming out of there. And I knew that when Washington drafted him, I said, "Oh, it's not not, not boding well for Antonio Gibson." Now, Antonio Gibson's very talented, but the coaches don't want to throw the ball to him. They've got J.D. McKissick. They could have let him go, right? They matched the offer sheet. They brought him back. Now they got Brian Robinson. Uh, you know, I think they're basically setting up a competition here. Now, right now, Antonio Gibson's number one. But what if he's got another toe issue or an ankle issue or foot issue or whatever? Mm-hmm. Now they got Brian Robinson, and they don't have to throw out Antonio Gibson, who's not 100% on the field. 
they can use Brian Robinson. I think they're going to slowly ease him in. But by midseason, I don't know what's going to happen here. I mean, I, Robinson's talented enough. He could take the starting job you know, by midseason. And so I just saw the potential there, and that's that's why I grabbed him. The 13th round, that's fantastic value. Um, Mike, the uh, final pick that you had in your pros versus Joe's draft was Arizona Cardinals running back Eno Benjamin. Now, this is a player that I wouldn't say was getting a ton of love um, from uh, FFPC drafters over the course of the last few months. However, Cliff Kingsbury, Eno Benjamin's real-life head coach, had a lot of positive stuff to say about him this past week. So what are the chances, as Chase Edmonds has now taken his talents from Arizona to South Beach in Miami, what are the chances that Eno Benjamin becomes the Chase Edmonds of 2022 here to go with James Conner in that Cardinals backfield? I'm not sure if I'd call him the Chase Edmonds yet, but definitely as long as he keeps making plays and impressing the coaches in the preseason and during camp, he's going to earn a spot clearly probably right behind uh, the starter in James Conner. Uh, he can catch, he can run. Uh, now I know that they signed Daryl Williams, but I'm, I'm not that impressed with that signing. Um, the opportunity is there. I know they drafted a rookie too, Ingram. Uh, so it's kind of a mess right now, but the simple fact is that so much good things are coming out of Arizona about Eno Benjamin. I felt that, uh, you know, taking a shot at him that late in the draft, Maybe that is a little bit of a dart throw, but, you know, when you hear good vibes, it's better to throw a dart at a good vibe player than a bad vibe player, right? <laughs> That's the truth. You know, you've got some bad vibes. You can't help but to go into some drafts with bad vibes about certain players. Maybe it's ADP you don't like. Maybe it's the player's landing spot or new situation or who he's teamed with at quarterback. Who's somebody that you're really, really avoiding? And who is someone that you're just dying to get on your teams this year? Well, dying to get on my teams, man. <laughs> I have a uh, I have a FFPC Pros versus Joe's Dynasty team uh, that that I've had for a couple years now, and uh, this guy led his team to the Super Bowl, didn't quite win it, but uh, Joe Burrow uh, have not been able to get him in any of the draft uh but i've got him on that team and and uh, he replaced an injured russell wilson and uh yeah he he led us to the promised land got us into the playoffs by the we got a lot of injuries had derrick henry and cmc on that team and we still made it into the playoffs and won third place which is better than fourth place which is no money <laughs> so uh joe burrow i think is going to continue i know he's got the appendectomy and that could actually uh, you know, convince people, oh, I'm not sure. And he might slide another round. And so snap him up, you know, in the middle rounds of your draft. Uh, so I like me some Joe Burrow. Now, uh, as for somebody that I'm, I'm avoiding, it's kind of tough because I don't tend to rule out anybody. Um, mm. So uh, I thought about this for a long time and I said, maybe based on ADP and the fact that he doesn't really have the big, huge explosive games, even though he's in an explosive offense. Stefan Diggs in Buffalo uh, just seems to, you know, his ADP is, you know, late first round. Um, you know, he's going to produce and all, but he has some games where, you know, he won't even score six, seven points on in a PPR league. Uh, when was the last time he scored two or three touchdowns in a game? I don't know. Uh, I was really loving me some Gabriel Davis, and maybe I was a little bit uh, influenced by the fact that that was one of the players we picked up on our dynasty team to get it into the playoffs and win some money in that league. Um, unfortunately, with Gabriel Davis, you know, we were looking at him in the sixth, seventh round. Now he's like early fifth. He keeps climbing and climbing. It's getting too too rich for my blood to uh, give me some Gabriel Davis, but I think he's going to have a breakout year. And, um, and I think this is interesting, too, because there were so many people after that Chiefs playoff game that – pumped Gabriel Davis up, you know, when we had FFPC drafts going on in January that pumped him up and, and maybe slacked off a little bit um, since then, but not much. I mean, he's still going up high. So Mike, just, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but when Diggs is going late in the first round, you're kind of passing on him um, for a different receiver, maybe a running back there. And then if the, the stars aligned, you'd be much more likely to take Gabriel Davis in the fourth, maybe fifth round rather than Diggs in the first, right? Yeah, that's that's a that's 
you're you're paying for past history uh, experience, uh, but that doesn't mean that that uh, that Gabriel Davis is not going to put up a similar type year to Stephon Diggs. There's there's they're going to score a lot of touchdowns in Buffalo. I really like that offense. Uh, you know, Josh Allen's going to run for his share, but the bottom line is that they don't want him running too much, and especially with the emergence of Dawson Knox. But the fact that Emmanuel Sanders is not on the team, Cole Beasley's not on the team. They signed Jamison Crowder, but he's struggling. Uh, when was the last time Jameson Crowder put two good games together? Isaiah McKenzie's more of a gadget player. They want him to be the slot. Is he going to be able to continue to develop and, and show consistency in that? I'm not so sure. So I think the two the two uh, lead dogs on that offense in the passing game clearly are Stephon Diggs and, uh, and Gabriel Davis. Mike, I have already listened to the FF Mastermind podcast quarterback preview and the running back preview. I'm eagerly awaiting the wide receiver preview, which, which I do believe is out on Tuesday. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, but the meat, you know, that that's sort of the appetizer, the entree, everything is all at ffmastermind.com. A guy like you who has had so much success, not only in like closed basement office leagues, but you went to the creme de la creme. You've had five FFPC main event league titles over the last half decade alone. You've been very successful in the pros versus Joe's contest. If you wanted to impart that wisdom and people wanted to pick that up at FF Mastermind, ffmastermind.com is the place to go, correct? Oh, yes. Uh, you know, we're, we're a bit of an old school site. Uh, don't have any flashy apps or whatnot, but uh, we do produce a, a preseason draft guide that just continues to grow every year. It's almost 500 pages right now, but it's, it's light reading. In other words, you can pick and choose what you want. If you don't want to read the 80 pages on offensive line analysis, you don't have to, but you know, we've got sleepers and creeper sections and, and, and the player profile analysis. And anytime somebody changes positions uh, in terms of our rankings, we make notes of it. And, and I give all my, uh, my opinions on all the players and our, on our MCP board, uh, a lot of good stuff going on. And of course, the weekly newsletter during the season is, is the meat and potatoes of, of everything. Uh, if you put everything together, including our, our draft software, which is an Excel app, it's known as the Super Bowl package. And before I go, I wanted to let everybody know that uh, once again this year, we want to offer a special discount to FFPC uh, and, and the, the high stakes power hour here. As I like to call you still the power hour, uh, <laughs> a special discount. It, it, the, the Super Bowl package is normally $59.95. If you use the special code FFPC12, and when you order our, our Super Bowl package, then it'll knock off $12, uh, and that'll make your cost only $47.95. And that's the less, that's actually the less than the cost of our Pro Bowl package, which is everything except the draft, drafting software. So I think it's a pretty good deal. Uh, hopefully, it'll uh, show some interest here. Some people can, if they're not familiar with our site, try it, uh, get a little bit of a discount. And if you like it, hopefully, you stick around like uh, many, many other people have done for 27 years. Yeah, absolutely. You've been one of the longest tenured websites before people even knew what fantasy football websites were. You guys were already out there. It's expanded. It's grown. It's gotten better if that was even possible. Obviously, we'll check out the podcast anywhere we can get podcasts. We'll follow you on Twitter at FF Mastermind. Good luck in your uh, FFPC Dynasty League, Mike. Good luck in your pros versus Joe's League this year. And of course, good luck in the main event. Maybe we'll have you back on after you cash that million-dollar uh, grand prize come January, man. Thanks so so much for once again uh, for doing the show tonight. We really appreciate it. Well, that would be fantastic. Thank you very much for having me on. We'll see you next time. You got it. Thank Michael Masaryk, ladies and gentlemen. The FF Mastermind himself. You follow him on Twitter at FF Mastermind. Check out his website at ffmastermind.com. And don't forget that Super Bowl package discount once again. FFPC12. Not with the exclamation point, as I posted here uh, in the chat and on the live stream. It's FFPC12 to get that Super Bowl discount at a discounted rate. Super Bowl package uh, discount at a discounted rate at ffmastermind.com. Always appreciate Michael Nazareth coming on, Farrell. Uh, a guy that, um, you know, we have the pros versus Joe's has expanded now to 42 pros. Yeah. And we love all the pros. They're, they're great um, evangelists. For the FFPC, however, they're good will, sports when the I, Joes beat them. Yes, too. and they they're are. Really that. But I will say this: Michael Nazareth has not only been one of the most successful pros in that contest; he's been one of the most successful FFPC players. When you consider yeah. uh, how many FFPC main events he's played and how many he's won, um, so this is not, you know, and 
you know, I don't want to just say, oh, the other websites, they don't know what they're talking about because they do. But Michael Nazrick really knows what he's talking about. He's a real and player. You know, he, he can back it up. All he's angles a real player. And he, he lives with it. He lives with it all the time. And you can tell that it's front and center in his existence, not only during this time of the year, but 12 months a year. I feel like I... I feel like I asked him one question too many because he started talking about Davis over Diggs. But God bless him, you know he'll he'll just have to live with that. What can he, he do? He will have to live with it. Yeah. He will have to live with it, and I'm sure. But he, he did say it. that Davis is getting too expensive for him. It, where it, Davis is going now, I did hear him say that. Yeah, and it's not just him. I mean, like you know, and, and we'll give you the mojo here. And by the way. Darren Armani at Fantasy Mojo, fantasymojo.com um, is who provides all this great ADP analysis that we cite on the show. But when you look at Gabriel Davis and where he's going, and we'll just say the Football Guys Players Championship right now, um, over the last uh, five days, I think it was, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now you look at his mojo, and he is uh, apparently not being drafted or I'm screwing something up, which is you probably the latter. never, never. <laughs> Wide receiver 23. For Gabe Davis, uh, 502 right now. So yeah. he is going at that four or five turn. He's gone as high as the late third round, which I don't recommend if you wanted to do oh. that. He's fallen to the mid six, which would be good value there. He no, is in um, Marquise Brown, Brandon Cooks, DK Metcalf, Jerry Judy territory as far as the wide receivers going in that early fifth round, uh, late fourth, late fifth round. So that's where Gabe Davis is going. Um, let's talk a little bit about the fantasy flash, which I want to get into right now. Jordan Rodriguez, uh, she is one of the great uh, covers of uh, Los Angeles Rams talk, and she uh, does it for the athletic. She talked about the running back situation there, Farrell, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson specifically, saying that from what she saw, they split team reps pretty evenly during Rams training camp. I'm going to read the quote here from Rodriguez. Um, I would place a safer bet on Akers' emergence long-term as the lead, but a lot of that is based on Henderson's health history. Both running backs look sharp in the passing game. In all caps, we should put that. Both running backs look sharp in the passing game, where I expect their usage to increase. Now, Akers in the FFPC right now, in the Football Guys Players Championship, being drafted as running back 19, Daryl Henderson all, all, all the way down at running back 41. Now, Akers was getting 20-plus touches per game before he tore his Achilles prior to the 2021 season. When he came back last year in the playoffs, he did not look good. In fact, a lot of people would say he looked downright horrible. There Mm -hmm. is risk that he actually returns to 2020 form. However, he's not an old man. He is, uh, I think he just turned 23. And the Rams, while they look like in training camp, Farrell, that they could open the season with a 1A, 1B approach, that has not been Sean McVay's uh, sort of milieu. He likes to go with one lead running back. That certainly seems to be Cam Akers. But when you consider Cam Akers as running back 19 and Daryl Henderson as running back 41, is that too big of a disparity right now? Should Akers be going later and Henderson be going earlier, in your opinion? Well, of course it is. And we've been, we've been talking that all year. And I'm a big proponent of Henderson, always have been. And, you know, I think you've joined me, but perhaps not as uh, vociferously as I have promoted Henderson here. But it, uh, and it does nothing about Acres that I don't like, but I like Henderson and I like him better. And so it's just an easy choice for me. I'm just looking at this right now. We told you about where they're going among running backs, but Cam Akers right now at the 409 on average. So he has slipped a little yes, bit. Yes, um, Daryl Henderson right now, uh, as far as his ADP goes um, at Fantasy Mojo is, uh, and this is, by the way, I'm citing uh, Football Guys Players Championship drafts over the last uh, three days, 1007. So he is still mm-hmm. going six rounds later. Henderson mm-hmm. is going in Melvin Gordon, Rashad White, Isaiah Spiller, uh, Alexander Madison territory right now. And you make the case that Henderson might be the best play out of all those guys, especially the glowing uh, news we've heard out of um, Tampa with Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon getting dinged up right now. Uh, I, I, you know, we're fans of Isaiah Spiller on this show as well. And Alexander Madison obviously um, uh, will play a role if uh, Cook were ever to go down. However, as long as Cook stays healthy, it's going to be difficult for Madison to get in the game. Uh, that is a current Viking, Alexander Madison. Let's talk about a former Viking making news in Las Vegas, Farrell. SI's Albert Breer says Amir Abdullah is expected to play, quote, 
the James White role in Josh McDaniel's offense for the Raiders. He is 29 years old, and he caught 35 balls through 11 games last year with Carolina when Christian McCaffrey went down. Now, if this is the case, it's not good for Josh Jacobs. It's not good for Kenyon Drake. And quite frankly, it may not be good for Zamir White as well. If this is the case, let's think about this for a second. James White averaged four catches per game when Josh McDaniels was the OC in New England across his eight-year career there. And by the way, shout out to James White, who just hung up his football cleats. He retired from the NFL, former University of Wisconsin Badger, running back that everybody said would never catch passes in the pros. Not only did he catch passes in the pros, he became one of the most proficient pass catchers for running backs uh, in the last five, six years. But let's get back to Amir Abdullah. How much are you believing this? Is Amir Abdullah really going to be the James White in Las Vegas? And if so, Farrell, where are you taking him in football guys drafts and the FFPC main event live drafts, which launched today? Nobody is going to be in the James White role and be James White, uh, including Amir Abdullah. Now, Abdullah has, has flashed some things in the league. He's caught as many as 35 balls in the league. He's been a sometime explosive change of pace runner. He's a good player. This team at, the, at Las Vegas has put together a very interesting depth chart at the skill positions. That's what we're interested in in fantasy football. Keelan Cole's a very good wide receiver. He's there. Nobody's talking about him because he hasn't done much yet, but he will. Uh, Mac Hollins has always been one of my favorite players, a great special teams player, I think deserve a bigger opportunity. Uh, Abdullah had his opportunity, and he's a good complementary player. I don't think he's as good a player as Kenyon Drake. Uh, I don't think he will be as uh, as a celebrated player uh, as the rookie White. But I, I think we need to drop from our fantasy football lexicon the James White role. Maybe that's done to explain um, exactly how you foresee a player's ceiling. But James White is a very, very special player. He's the kind of player that you know, it was a key element in bringing back his team in the Super Bowl from four touchdowns down. He's a, it, it, he's a player with a nose for the end zone, and, and despite his stature, ran bigger and stronger, especially when he was in the red zone. When James White was given the ball to run, he didn't need five or six uh, carries in a roll to get up to speed. Boom, he would make the best of whatever New England gave him. And th- these other players – Um, they're not going to do that like James White. So, no, I I don't believe he is a threat to the playing time of any of these other players unless a coach decides, you know what, Abdullah at 29, he's better than our rookie, he's better than the higher-paid Drake, and he's better than Jacobs, who we've got as a deal, uh, you know, at a good good salary deal. Totally agree. But he's he's an excellent player to be there to try to figure out if your football team's going to have a chance. That last point. Uh, spot on. Totally agree. It's very, very difficult. Not saying it's impossible. Very, very difficult for me to see, oh, Amir Abdullah at 29 years old, this is the guy we want on the field instead of the dude we just traded up for in Zamir White, instead of the guy we drafted in the first round of Josh Jacobs, instead of the guy that we paid this money in Kenyon yeah. who specialized in. Like, like, it's a lot of stuff here to take in. So if you want to believe in Amir Abdullah, you have to accept certain other things here. And I don't necessarily think that that all those things can be accepted, which is why this is more like, I don't want to say a puff piece, but it's more kind of like just, okay, I understand this viewpoint. I don't view that as Occam's razor, right? I don't, I don't view that as what's actually going to happen this season. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm at, uh, I'm at on uh, Las Vegas. Now let's talk about uh, a team not too far from Las Vegas in the San Francisco 49ers. Trey Sermon apparently is doing a great job at training camp according to head coach uh, Kyle Shanahan, saying that uh, Sermon has actually improved on a lot of things since last year. Now, in this same interview, when Kyle Shanahan was praising Trey Sermon, he was also praising the rookie running back out of LSU, Tyrion Davis-Price, saying he's still a rookie that needs to learn the team's offense, but um, still making a lot of waves and still making doing a lot of good things in training camp. Now, what's interesting about the Sermon comments is I remember last year, he was not very glowing. Kyle Shanahan was about Trey Sermon's development, what he was as a player last year. We do know that things seemingly have changed for Sermon this year. And we do know the 49ers like to use a lot of running backs. We know that Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson, honestly, no strangers to the training room. 
And maybe Trey Sermon all of a sudden should be entering the fantasy football lexicon for being drafted this year rather than just a 20th round, oh, what the hell, I might as well take him here, right? Mm -hmm. So my question to you is, how does this change, or does it change at all, the way you were drafting 49ers running backs, specifically Sermon and TDP, who were late round picks in the Football Guys Players Championship recently? Yeah, let's say they'll do something in the preseason and they'll move up the board, especially when people don't particularly believe in Mitchell like I do. And you could read into this quote from the head coach. You know, he's got a second-year player here. Here's a coach, Balky, who's trying to learn how to motivate his players. He had this player as a rookie last year. He couldn't quite get on the same page with him for a variety of reasons, and most of them we don't know. But you can tell that he's he's looking for a way. You know, he's he's a young coach, but he's an old school guy. He's a second generation guy. And he's, he's trying uh, to put a lot of pieces together uh, with this team. So, you know, he's, he's taking a role with these running backs to pump them up a little bit. And I imagine that Sermon does look good because Sermon probably realizes that his first year was a wasted year and he better get his career moving in the right direction to keep his job. Um. I, uh, I'm still, yeah. I mean, like for me, it's just like, I'm not bumping Elijah Mitchell down. Um, Kevin Williamson, uh, KFFSE royalty here in the chat room wants wants to know who's the number two Wilson or Sermon. It's still Wilson for me. I'm I'm not saying Sermon has leapfrogged him. That said, if you are in a league with a lot of sharks and all the sleepers are being eaten up, you could do a lot worse than Trey Sermon. And, And that's somebody I would look at too, because he will be an easy player to cut. Has If he doesn't pan out, he'll be an easy player to cut on waivers early in the season too. So that makes sense, uh, some sense there. Now, um, Trey Sermon was a rookie last year. Let's talk about a rookie this year in Traylon Burks. Now, there was a game last night between the Titans and the Ravens. The Ravens, once again, for the 87th year in a row, refusing to lose <laughs> in the preseason, just crushing dreams and teams. Uh, every single, I think the, the winning streak is at, uh, something like 270 games in a row now they've won yeah. in the preseason. But Traylon Burks, let's talk about him uh, in this Titans game. According to Pro Football Focus, he played into the fourth quarter of the Ravens-Titans game. Nathan Yonke uh, from PFF said that uh, there was a lot of bad things for Tra- Traylon Burks' fantasy value in the game on Thursday night. Robert Woods did not play. Nick Westbrook-Hakini did not play. They were just being rested. Des Fitzpatrick, a former, I want to say, six-round pick of the Bears, was starting as well as Racy McMath. Never heard of him, and quite frankly, you shouldn't have either. Um, Then uh, Kyle Phillips was the first guy to come in in three wide receiver sets. After those three guys had come in, that's when Traylon Burks came in, and it wasn't until the third series, third offensive series of the game for Tennessee. He played all the way into the fourth quarter, which is weird because you would think that as the Titans go, or as um, Traylon Burks goes this year, as far as the passing game, so does Tennessee's uh, air attack. Um, Burks did not catch a ball. He had one target, and he got a four-yard rush. Now, I don't really know what to make of this um, right now. It's a it's one game. It's a preseason game. I'm kind of whatever. I was never a big Traylon Burks guy. I want to say I came around on him maybe a month or so ago. But I'm, I've been off him since then. And, Farrell, this gives me no hope for Traylon Burks. It actually kind of increases my faith in Robert Woods this year. Well, it's one game. There's two more games left to play, Balky. And Burks is it's, it's another way in a different coaching style and another way to have perhaps motivate a player. I will say about the depth chart, um, it, it, we talk about Burks. Uh, Westbrook, Akeen, really impressed me last year. And he – he hardly gets drafted at all. I think that's a product of perhaps the quarterback, but um, I think Westbrook Akeen could emerge as a steady Eddie wide receiver that catches 60 balls a year and, and uh, red zone targets be a little bit better than uh, what people might expect. So I, I think that uh, that's the player that, that should be targeted along with Woods in the early drafting. Uh, I think some of the people that have already invested um, high draft picks, I saw Burks go in the eighth round. Uh, granted, he was a, uh, uh, what do you call it, an automatic pick or? A, auto pick, yep. Uh, auto pick. He was 
it was an auto pick uh, from a guy that had, had auto picked four or five spots, but that's neither here nor there. He was still an eighth rounder. And, and, you know, people have a high uh, expectation uh, for this player. Um, the people, I, I'm not ready to give up on Burks yet. I think he'll be a good complimentary player. A Des Fitzpatrick, which you mentioned, is a very good player at the University of Louisville. Had a rough time getting started last year uh, in the NFL. Uh, Burks could be an example of a long list of players that have a tough first year but get better while they're in the league. We just talked about Sermon. And you can get better during the, the your rookie season. You may start rough, but you may get there before it's over. Traylon Burks uh, right now 8-10 on average in the mm. Football Guys Players Bye. Championship over the last three days. He's going behind Christian Kirk, Kadarius Tony, and Devontae Smith. He's actually leading uh, a little bit of a wide receiver run here in the eighth and ninth round. Uh, it's Burks, and then after that, Robert Woods, who is closing in on ADP, his own teammate, Sky Moore, Chris Olave, and Russell Gage. When, and by the way, Farrell, you don't have any insight into the Russell Gage injury, right? I, I couldn't find anything on him, so I didn't bring him up on the show tonight. He's dealing with something. I don't know how serious or how non-serious it is right now. I don't, and um, but I will dig. Yeah, Farrell, you dig, um, and I will be there uh, to smoke the cigarette and mine the hill of dirt you are digging out of that hole <laughs> as you find out what's going on with Russell Gage. I am a supervisor, not a doer. As, uh, as it were. Let's get into some emails tonight, ladies and gentlemen, um, in the fantasy feedback segment. First one is from Tom in Dallas. He writes, what's up, fellas? It sure seems like George Pickens is outperforming Chase Claypool in training camp, yet three-plus rounds still separate them with Claypool going first. What am I missing here? Thank you so much. That's Tom in Dallas. Yeah, so to read, by the way, Tom, thank you uh, so much for for uh, listening and, and viewing the show and then, uh, of course, emailing in. Chase Claypool, wide receiver 50 right now, Farrell, at the 10.02. George Pickens has climbed up. He's still not at the uh, at the level of uh, of Chase Claypool. He's wide receiver 67 at the 13.10. So Tom from Dallas is, is is suggesting that that the Pickens should go in front of Claypool. Well, what do you think about that? Because no, as that's... we what once we get to past week one, ADP's thrown out the window. So is Pickens <laughs> like? I, and I guess he's not. Maybe he shouldn't be suggesting that you take Pickens while while um, Claypool is still on the board. Especially but maybe Pickens, when I'm on the show. Especially when you're on the show, exactly. No, so, just, so, so, but maybe crazy. he's suggesting here that Pickens is a better draft capital value in the 13th mm-hmm. round than Chase Claypool in the 10th. I'll allow you to respond to that, good sir. Mm, Chase Claypool is a steal where he's going in the draft okay. right now. We've had many, you know, th- this guy had a fantastic rookie year. He followed it up in the disaster that he partaked, uh, that he partaked, was part of last year in, in Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, everybody's tired of hearing me say it, but this player is interfered with more by defensive backs because that's a lot of a lot of the only way they can beat his size. When you see a quarterback that has a normal release point and can get the ball down the field, it took Ben so long to throw the ball last year. It was painful to watch. A normal release point that he'll get from Trubisky or, frankly, any other quarterback Pittsburgh runs out there this year, you're going to see the separation. You're going to see Claypool um, win the contested balls. You're going to see the leaping ability come back in. It's going to look more like what his, his rookie year in the league did. Claypool's got two good years in. Pickens is an excellent receiver. Come see me when Pickens has got 36 games under his belt. We'll talk about if he can challenge Claypool. But next year when Claypool's being drafted, it's going to look like more of a, a Michael Pittman uh, somewhere in the fourth round uh, draft position. The Revenge of Mapletron Tour. That's right. To That's right. Near Maybe. you in 2022. It's all happening, according to Farrell Elliott. Hey, we got a question from the uh, chat right now. It's from Dave the Dizzle Gerzak. He wants to know, the, do the Chiefs have an annoyingly high number of wide receivers getting drafted? Funny you should ask that, Dizzle, because, yeah, they do. Now, Farrell, if we look at the uh, Chiefs receivers, um, <laughs> who do you think is the highest Chiefs receiver being drafted in the Football Guys Players Championship right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a question I was going to go a different direction with for a moment there, Balky. But okay, um, I, 
ask that question again, Bucky. You confused. The, there's a lot of Chiefs receivers right. that Patrick Mahomes is throwing to. Who shouldn't be going? No, 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 no. Who do you think FFPC drafters are selecting first out of the top of the heap in Kansas City wideouts this year? Who do you think that player is? Well, let's see. That that should be Schuster. It is Smith Schuster, indeed. Well, Farrell was right. Be. Farrell was 100 right. Wide receiver 26 at the 507 right now, but he's not the only one. Um, yeah. uh, as far as um, Chiefs receivers go, Sky Moore is a ninth round pick right now. He's right. almost up to the eighth round. He's going right behind Robert Woods in the ninth round. Uh, he's not all. Marquez Valdez Scantling, probably the most yes. expensive uh, Chiefs receiver as far as uh, salary goes this year. Um, he is also going up there as well. He is a currently a 11th round pick, wide mm -hmm. receiver 54. That's not all. McCole Hardman, he just won't go away. He's mm -hmm. also being drafted in the Football Guys Players Championship. Again, this is non-best ball. This is managed teams. McCole mm -hmm. Hardman, wide receiver 65 at the 1306. So that's a lot of receivers here going in the mid-rounds. Farrell, can we glean anything from this ADP as far as the correct Kansas City receiver or receivers to draft now that Tyreek Hill has taken his talents to South Beach, they're they're falling in the right order. Although I like uh, I like Valdez Scantling um, a little better than I like Sky Moore. However, I like them both, and that's what you got to pay to get them. And I see no reason to to not stack these receivers. There's a lot of passes in that orange with Mahomes, even with the even with the tight end. Uh, we had our KFFSC podcast, uh, your pals, uh, Justin McCord and Robbie Fetcher joined us. And we talked about this very question and, and Fetch came up and mentioned uh, that his favorite receiver of that group was Hardman. He thinks Hardman will have a big mm. year. And so then we didn't let Fetch oh, wait, talk hold on. anymore. Fetch said that. Fetch said that about Fetch Hardman? said that. Okay. And right. you know, it, it it we just didn't. We just we kind of shut him down for the rest of the broadcast. Uh, we were afraid that he was going to say that Pringle would also have a good year. He's not even on the team anymore. Uh, Robinson, um, who who it frustrates so, and this kind of goes to the Dizzle's question. Robinson and Pringle, who would frustrate a lot of owners because, you say, oh, no, that's Robinson getting the ball because no one played him. He's out. Uh, he's he's in depth chart at the Raiders. He's probably not going to make that club. My point is this. Dizzle is exactly right to answer that. But these three – to ask that. But these th three receivers, uh, Scantling, um, uh, uh, Sky, Sky Moore, and, uh, of course, Schuster – are elite receivers in this offense and all are right now going to outperform that draft position as far as I'm concerned. Normally I follow the money. So I'm, I was always an MBS guy in the off season. However, mm -hmm. I've been reading a lot, listening to a lot with the Kansas city beat writers are saying, and it's pointing to a big season from Smith Schuster. So I'm kind of leaning that way now paying up. If I'm going to go with the chiefs, re chiefs receiver, I think paying up for Smith Schuster seems to be uh, where a lot of people are at right now. Um, his ADP hasn't risen necessarily. It hasn't spiked in the last couple of weeks. So he might be a little bit of a value right now. And I'm kind of fading Marquez Valdez Scantling going forward. Hey, Ooh. let's get to one more email here, Farrell, before we sign off for the week. Uh, Mike in Southfield, Michigan. Hey guys, the sky is blue, water is wet, and Rashad Penny is hurt. With Pete Carroll saying he's good with Ken Walker as a three down guy, shouldn't we be drafting him much higher? than we are right now. Thank you, Mike in Southfield, Michigan, for watching and, of course, for sending that email in. Rashad Penny dealing with a leg injury right now. Not expected to be serious, but let's face it, we've all seen this movie before and we know how it ends. Rashad Penny running back 33 right now in the Football Guys Players Championship at the 805. Uh, and then you're looking at Ken Walker um, going at the 812. So now they're almost neck and neck in drafts. Kenneth Walker running back 36, just a couple of running backs behind Penny. Farrell is Walker, the smarter play here in the eighth round for Seattle running backs. Or let me ask you this too. Um, I'll give you this option. Given Seattle's offense this year, given who they're playing, given their expectations, are Seattle running backs a complete fade for you? Oh, no, I like both players. I like both these players, especially where they're going. I liked them earlier, expecting a different landing spot for Walker. I was drafting him very high, and, it, it you know, everybody's a Brees Hall guy. I didn't separate Brees Hall that much from Kenneth Walker. I'm going to probably be proven to be wrong, but at the same – but that's more – 
that's less of a, a dig on uh, Hall and more of a compliment on Walker. So, I, you know, Seattle's going to line up too, Bucky. They're professional football players. They're going to put up numbers, and I don't think that's going to be a bad club. So I could be, um, I, I could be very, very positive now that Walker is an eighth round draft pick because I expected him to be more of a fourth or fifth round draft pick when I was looking at the draft boards earlier. As the Dizzle's pointing out here, Farrell in the Football Guys Players Championship at the eight nine turn. If you're drafting, uh, if you if you get one of the first picks, um, you know, early on in the draft and you're picking late in the even numbered rounds, what about a Penny Walker stack this year? Mm-hmm. I like that. And this is not a bad football team. Um, they're in a they're in a tough division, but they're a competitive football team, which is what we want in fantasy players. We want you to put up points and we want you to play uh, 60 minutes. Um, we put in a solid 60 minutes tonight. Some no, we say- have 61 minutes. I want to thank uh, Michael Nazareth for hopping aboard. And Farrell, I want to thank you. Great stuff. Cincinnati, we are um, one week away. Um, Mm -hmm. It is filled up. So uh, congratulations to everybody who got a spot in Cincinnati this year competing for a $25,000 grand prize in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Online drafts still wide open. um, And stuff in Louisville open but filling up fast, right? You know what it is? We we've expanded the draft to go to start earlier on Friday and close later on Sunday. Uh, and we've got a good crew that is, is coming in. Some guys play uh, all weekend. Some guys play as much as they can, like one Eric Bachman, who can who has you know several trophies to collect this year. Um, and, you know, but there's a comfort level you can achieve by coming and enjoying it. We got more to do there than just draft. You can. You can hang out and you can get to know and, and pick the brains of some of the finest fantasy football players as we all get ready to head to the FFPC and Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas for uh, opening weekend. Uh, can't wait to do that. I'm sure I will. I, I haven't yet because I've been so busy lately, but I plan on filling up my schedule hardcore like I oh, did last year. You this better take like, a quick look, Balky. Some of those times are getting away from you. Okay. All right. Then I will not let them get away from me. I'm going to sign up ASAP for those. But uh, it's my one weekend of draft, so I definitely want to take advantage as much as, as I can in the KFFSC main event. And you should be taking advantage, not you, Farrell. Well, maybe you, Farrell, but everybody watching. Three left in the FFPC main event, 1 o'clock p.m. draft tomorrow. So make sure you want to take your chance at uh, a million bucks. You're going to have the opportunity, three spots left in that uh, draft slot tomorrow. Farrell, thank you so much. Um, thank you, by the way, for booking our guests for next week. I really appreciate that because next week, is our annual, I know you got Cincinnati the next day, but it is our annual KFFSC uh, live in Louisville preview, which I can't wait for. And we will do this again next week at 10, nine central. Thanks so much for popping on, man. Appreciate it. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, at KFFSC on Twitter, KFFSC.com. That is where you can find them there as well. I want to thank Michael Nazarick from FF Mastermind, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you. As I stated, we will be back next Friday, 10, 9 central, on this very channel with not only Farrell Elliott, but 2021 KFFSC main event champions, Steve Hawley, and of course, Justin Cox. They will be joining this program. Tell us how they're going to defend the belt. Tell, talk about um, their uh, um, entries into the FFPC main event as well and their strategy to win a million bucks uh, as well. As a reminder, the FFPC main event live drafts launched today, so you don't have to worry about slow drafts anymore. They're still available, but you can sign up, draft a team in less than two hours, take your shot at a million bucks at myffpc.com. 350 bucks will get you entry into the Football Guys Players Championship. That is a $500,000 grand prize. You can participate that. I mean, I don't know, six, eight, 10, 12 drafts plus a day going off in that, especially on the weekends at myffpc.com. The FFPC Best Ball Tournament and the FFPC Superflex Best Ball Tournament number two are going off at myffpc.com. Very lucrative there. 125 bucks can get you 200 grand. Uh, 35 bucks can get you 10 grand in that. Dynasty startups getting getting closer to uh, the finish line. There we got. I think um, over the next week, week and a half plus, as far as slow drafts, we probably have about two dozen leagues left that are still open for this season. Uh, we may or may not switch to live drafts after that, but right now, if you want to get in on an FFPC slow dyno, 
sign up now, much as how I have to sign up for the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main events, uh, because those are getting close to filling as well. Um, plenty of slow, live, and sit-and-go best ball options, always at myffpc.com. Check out the KFFSC main event at kffsc.com. And remember, if you're watching this video on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, and of course, share the video, and then click that notification bell so you get notified. It helps growing uh, the um, the uh, uh, FFPC YouTube channel, which is good for you because we can book even better guests than we're already getting now. Although I think we kind of topped out tonight with uh, Nazarek and Elliot. Um, but we always uh, appreciate that. That helps us going forward and uh, increasing the content and um, how good the content is going for you forward. So thank you so much for listening. That is all, ladies and gentlemen. Sign up for the FFPC Football Guys Players Championship at midnight tonight. And, of course, a full slate of drafts going on this weekend. We're only a few weeks away from real NFL football coming up in early September. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Hey, folks, uh, just a reminder, not only is the KFFSC main event going on Sunday night with their next live event, but you can sign up for the slow drafts there as well at KFFSC.com. We start after the midnight draft tonight. We resume drafts at um, 1 p.m. tomorrow uh, Eastern time with Football Guys drafts as well as the main event. Look for your FFPC email if you're subscribed to the mailing list. We're going to be sending out reminders and everything that's available in the Football Guys Players Championship and the FFPC main event uh, every morning now until the start of the NFL season. So you won't have to look far. Obviously, if you want to check out the website, we encourage that. But that will be delivered right to your email inbox. You can sign up there. You never know. 2022 could be the year that you are cashing a million dollars in season-long fantasy football. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. And we will talk with you at 10-9 Central with Steve Hawley and uh, Justin Cox next Friday.